when the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Oh, won't you please take me to the place where all the cocaine's at? Hello and welcome to Catching Foxes. It is Friday, July 8, 2016, and we have hit episode number 50. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to have you take this journey with us into stupidity. And this episode promises to be just as stupid as the Back 49. Uh, now, we have a couple things going on in this episode. This is an explicit episode, so please exercise caution when listening to it around, uh, you know, small humans. Number two, this episode is deeply personal, so... So it's definitely awkward. And three, if you stay tuned to the very end, we will have a special contest in order to encourage our listeners to write iTunes reviews. You can do it in the iTunes uh, or the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone, or you can go to uh, to the iTunes store, uh, find our podcast, and say write a review. If you listen, if you write a five star review for it, I mean you can put whatever star you want, but five star reviews would be the best. Uh, we will enter your name starting today, starting Friday. We will enter your name into a contest uh, to win a free book sent by Gomer to you with love. So uh, stay tuned at the end of the podcast for that. And uh, we got a special episode coming up next week because me and Luke will be traveling. We have uh, a special Game of Thrones edition, which is just kooky. So I hope you enjoy this. It's going to be a lot of awkwardness because we talk about how far is too far. It's a good question. God bless you. Did I tell you about the time I almost auditioned for Macbeth at a Franciscan? <laughs> you were in Austria during this, so you, you may have missed this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> are you laughing or crying? Luke, Luke, I'm on the verge of laughing so hard I'm crying. Luke, that would be the most... <laughs> oh my god, please tell me the story. Here, okay, here's how egotistical I was in college. <laughs> I never stopped to think, hey, maybe they wouldn't want a guy with a speech impediment doing Macbeth. Never crossed my mind. That's how egotistical I was back then. Out anyway. to the damn spot. <laughs> Why is this awkwardly silent and the guy seems like he's choking? This is weird. Someone should help him. Uh, so, so, oh, God. So I, okay, so I did entertainment on on orientation that that year and for some reason i was just on fire and it was just everyone it was loved it everyone hilarious. loved hilarious yeah i i made fun of your wife in front of 500 people it was great um and and my boss the dorm director <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah i mean i love you mike if you are a listener if if not you are a little bit much anyways uh way too much <laughs> yeah seriously good guy he tried so i had a lot of people came up to me after like you were so great you were so awesome do you do like theater or whatever and i was like no i've kind of always thought about it, but i never really have i thought it'd be fun because i just like being the center of attention right right right. and i love to uh, perform as incentive like just to make people laugh and be entertained and whatnot so i was like you know i think i i saw like open auditions for a Macbeth, whatever i was like that because i love shakespeare i really like shakespeare a lot and i was like that'd be um you know what i'm gonna because i was really trying to grow back back then yes so i was i was doing a lot to step outside of my uh, comfort zone and in my mind is like the culmination of all that was like i'm gonna audition for a shakespeare why not so i would go into the go into the theater at a franciscan which i'd only been in one other time walk in saw a bunch of people that i had never seen before in my entire life 
all of them just stared at me with this, like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like backed out and left. And I was like, well, so much for experimenting back to drinking. <laughs> oh, Luke, I could just, what part that would you play? Story. What part would you play in Macbeth? Probably, uh, the, probably the queen. <laughs> out, out, damn spot. Guys, why doesn't Holly like me? <laughs> so that's what I would have done back, back then. Um, <laughs> I'm a perfectly good cat. Like, Oh gosh, that, I forgot about that. We should probably edit that that out. That was a weird time. Um, no, we're not going to edit that out because I barely even know what you're talking about. Yeah, because you were gone, so you missed all of that. Yeah, there was this girl. I liked her. I think she kind of liked me, but then one of our house of brothers really, really liked her, and I was like, oh, but she kind of likes me, so yeah. Then I never did enough about it, so it was this weird like limbo thing. Yeah, it was weird. No, no, no. What was weird was one night. Where you come into my room when I lived with two other guys, and you ask me for my permission to date my ex-girlfriend, which really isn't my responsibility whatsoever, but you just were doing the bro code. Meanwhile, my roommate, who's directly above me in his lofted bed, which was lofted so high it's up to the ceiling, desperately was uh, wanting to date her and putting the moves on her. And I was like, yeah, sure, buddy, go ahead. And then I was like, oh, my God, he's right above me. You remember that? You remember that moment? Yeah, because we, yeah, it was weird because all of a sudden I kissed this girl. Like we were just friends hanging out, and I kissed her, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is a Franciscan, so I should date her." <laughs> I kissed the girl, and I liked it. Therefore, either I'm going to hell or I'm in a committed relationship. Yeah. Well, why? Yeah, that was really weird. Maybe you should have I kissed got... her, Luke, without my permission, Luke. <laughs> Did it, then I got really sad because I got way too attached after one date. Story of my life. <laughs> that I is the this... story of your life. Your story of your life is of, of college is not that you were desperate or anything I like that. I know what that. you're going to say. What? You're going to say it's that I loved being in love, which is not true. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> You've told it to me a million times. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about early 20 years. Okay, so he, honestly, here's, here's what it comes down to. Here's the thing about 18-year-old Luke. Luke did not love being loved. Luke needed to be loved now. <laughs> well, and the thing was is anytime, for the most part, I would date a girl, I'd be like, meh. Then I would just lose interest. I think I was just I think I I think I craved acceptance as opposed to love. Two very different things. But Luke, I accepted I may have you. seen it as I hmm? accepted you. Wasn't I enough for you? Well yeah, I mean that's that's oh, the weird part just is think that about all those nights where you would just rest your big head in my arms and we would just snuggle like, and watch MTV's road rules. Oh man. And then play a lot of um whatchamacallit. Grand Theft Auto Three. Grand Theft Auto Three. Oh, those are the best slash worst years of my life. <laughs> Wait, why were they the worst years? Uh, I didn't have any direction, Luke. I was just playing video games. With For some reason, your head in my lap. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Just go with it, Gomer. Just go with it. Okay, I'm going with it. I'm pretty sure it was a reverse. Why is my head here? Shh. More, more importantly, why hasn't it been here all along? <laughs> oh, this is going somewhere horrible. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't, do you think? I mean, because I think out of the majority of the people that we were around, you had the you had more of a direction than others. 
Well, here's my deal. I went to Franciscan thinking that I would be there for one semester to under, quote unquote understand the real world <laughs> before I went to seminary. You know what, and I completely I forget about that every time until you bring that up because we thought you were leaving after the fall. Yeah, I know, and I forget about it all the time until it was uh, the guy in charge of you know whatever alumni relations, Tim, who was like Gormley when I was a senior. He's like, I got a funny story about you. I remember meeting you the second week of school or third week of school, and we were all at a Lord's Day celebration, and you were like, hi, my name's Michael, but my friends call me Gomer. <laughs> no one laughed, so you got quiet. And then you said, um, I'm only going to be here for the semester because I'm going to be uh, going to seminary. And then he's like, and then like four weeks later, I show up again at a Lord's Day, and you're like, hello, my name is Michael. My friends call me Gomer. <laughs> no, okay. And then he said, uh, and you're like, so I... I'm going to enter seminary soon, but I wanted to come to Franciscan after my freshman year. And he's like, every time I talked, it was like another like prolonged thing. And then he said, and then the last one I went to, you're like, so guys, I'm really excited. I met this girl. <laughs> like, there it is. There it is. And that was the girl that I dated that then you asked me permission to date. I didn't ask her. Yeah, I did. Yeah, did. I did. Underneath the bed of the guy who wanted no, to date No, no. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. Because I, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think we kissed after watching My Cousin Vinny. Don't my ask me biological why. clock is ticking like this. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. It was on TNT when I was in uh, Florida on vacation. I was like, it's, well, everyone went, literally, I'm in Florida on vacation. Everyone goes to bed at 8.30 p.m. Now, if this was Michael Gormley from two years ago, I would be downstairs raiding the refrigerator of all the beer and then going out to the pool and talking to the quote-unquote young adults. But this is mature Michael Gormley desperately trying to lose weight because he saw a picture of himself at a side angle and almost threw up. So I'm trying to lose weight. So me and my wife, we gave up alcohol for the month, offering it up for a conversion of a friend of ours. And... Our anniversary was in the middle of this Florida week, so we decided, okay, well, it would end with our anniversary. So I, like, had a beer, and I'm like, you know what? I just would rather lose weight than drink beer. <laughs> so, like, everyone go <laughs> but everyone goes to bed at 8.30, and I'm like, I'm not going to bed at 8.30, even though I'm tired. It's a principle of the thing. So I was scrolling <laughs> through cable, which, you know, we don't have cable at home, and I'm like, my cousin Vinny's on. I turned on the scene. It was literally right when she's like, my biological clock is ticking like this. <laughs> Uh, was that a Marissa Tomei? Oh my God! That of course it was Marissa Tomei in a skin tight bodysuit. Edit that out. Well, I hate to bring it up because I know you got enough pressure on you already. But we agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. Meanwhile, ten years later, my niece, the daughter of my sister, is getting married. My biological clock is ticking like this, and the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. <laughs> no thank you this is the early 90s we have no plan on doing that uh last night we watched a lethal weapon and it was amazing just oh. like which is clapton by the way did not know that clapton did the music for it yep so he's the one playing all of the uh, guitar I'm not sure if he's doing that awesome uh saxophone part you hear here and there but like any of that like 80s little you know like that's definitely him So I haven't seen Lethal Weapon in a long time, but I think my all-time favorite Lethal Weapon is Lethal Weapon 2. But I've probably seen Lethal Weapon – which one was the one with the construction zone and the hollow point bullets so they could shoot through cop killers? I'm getting too old for this shit. 
Which one was uh, that? I, I think that was three. I want to say that was three because I think four was with Jet Li. But, four was like because by four they it had kind of bottomed out from what I recall. Oh, absolutely! But I, those shows were my jam when I was a seven year old. Like I loved those <laughs> movies. The second one was always my favorite, but the fourth one I had, or the third or fourth one I had seen like a million times because my parents, in uh, with a lack of poor judgment, had HBO, and it was just it was just on. Like whenever I was home alone, which was all the time, uh, I would just watch HBO, and I'm like, oh. Lethal Weapon 4, ah, you know, or what, or 3 with the cop, cop killers. I'm getting too old for this shit. That's my Danny Glover. How is it? Is it I'm a crazy one? liberal. Danny Glover is? <laughs> Danny, oh, Glover. Yeah. Danny Glover, crazy liberal. Mel Gibson, crazy conservative. Yeah, I know, right? Like, crazy. Oh, um, well, sorry. I'm just, uh, I carry on. I have another topic to come back to. No, that's it. I just, I just wanted to... Have an excuse to use uh, Danny Glover. And, oh, I'm getting too over this shit. Raj, meet your new partner. I'm too old for this shit. Uh, hold on a second. I need to grab a beer really quick. Entertain the kids. Occasionally, we get great questions from our listeners. We'll put a thing out on the Facebooks about that. I haven't gotten any tonight, but we have one from a while ago. It was really interesting, and I wanted to talk about that if we could. Or do you just want to keep talking about stupid stuff? Not that our past is stupid. And I'll talk about whatever. Hey, so you posted in Catching Foxes, about to record episode 50 with Guns and Music playing, Guns and Roses music playing live in the background. What should we talk about? And good old Tim from uh, the Woodland Sexes says, how about mass going back to ad orientum again? I don't even know what that means. The facing east where the priestess is back to the people? Yeah. I mean, like, like sorry, not, not about that question. I, yeah, what do you think about that? Oh, I'm all for it. I'm 100% for it. You are? I don't need to see the priest's stupid face, but I do need to see their back. Why? I'm just kidding. But no. Pervert. No, I love the tradition behind it. I think it's totally... Uh, because the whole notion of it is it's not that the priest is is doing all this stuff to us, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that he's doing all this stuff with us and for us, to God. So instead of facing the people, he's facing the high altar, you know, the tabernacle, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I think the moving and rearranging of that is utterly stupid. Like, we never should have done that. Yeah, I know. I, I so I, I go to a church down in Cincinnati called Old St. Mary's, and it is one of the most incredible churches I've ever been in. And I would put that up against anything that's out in the out in Europe besides the Vatican. And um, they do a, they. I go to a normal mass, but they will do everything they can to to, to make it feel very uh, traditional, and it is fantastic. And in there, I could see with that church, especially how cool that would be. So yeah, I, I think it would be good. But I'm not, I don't lose sleep over it or anything like that. Right, right, right. I do lose sleep over it, but that's because I uh, I dream of a future without fear. Mm. Oh, hold on one second. It's time to see if um, Guns N' Roses is playing. Uh, Paradise City, whatever it's called. I don't think so. That's a bummer. All right, so <laughs> some good pod, p- podcasting. Mm. No. Mm. 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 Oh, here we go. Here we go. 
<sighs> I'm in college now, and I'd have to say, so, okay, basically what he's asking is how far is too far? And I think this is an issue. You know, this, this actually kind of ties into what we were uh, chatting about in with college earlier. I, I think college is where that bec- – I mean, that's – this is an issue with high schools with um, – I'd say most high school students, but it's a, but it's an issue with almost all college students trying to practice chastity. Is how far is too far when it comes to the hugging and to the kissing and the penetration and the loving? <laughs> so much to edit. So much to edit. <laughs> so long, moms groups who listen. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think this is actually a, I think this is a very important thing to talk about, and I think our podcast is an okay place to do it. Yes, go. So I think it is somewhat relative, but I do not think that it's there's a lot of room for uh, exper- experimentation or or anything like like that. So, for example, um, there were girls that I would date. That if we would do, if we would uh, make out, it really wouldn't go too far. If we may, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, and I don't know if I can say that that's a good thing. There were girls that if we uh, made out, it was the last train uh, to Clarksville, which was not a good idea at all. So nothing I think good happens in Clarksville. So what I'm trying to say is that I don't think there is a line where we can say right here besides. Any type of sex, which I think does include oral uh, oral sex, and I think that's the thing that we all kind of are like. Well, I've, I'm still a virgin, except for the ten girls that have, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you're not. Then you're not. Let's, let's let's just call a spade a spade. Oral, I'm not, like, if you've done oral, that's like just to me. That's almost just as bad as uh, actual penetrative sex. So. Like you, you've you've got to make sure you don't you don't um, come to a point to to where it's almost Im- where it's almost impossible to turn away. Right. I like <laughs> how far is too far. Well, we'll ignore all the teaching about you know groping and feeling. And is groping explicitly wrong? Is it defined as being wrong? Because I would say that it is, but I mean I I don't know if it's like a thing. Yes, it's a thing. We call it. We call it he- in the moral community that I was raised in. We call it heavy petting. Heavy petting is expressly forbidden because its purpose is to arouse. So here's the deal. This is my principle. You ready? This is discussion over instruction. I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives. I'm just going to discuss with my old buddy Luke. Hey Luke. Hey. Hey Luke. How you doing, man? Good. You know so, when you're making out with a girl, right? You know when you're making out with a girl, and uh, all you want to do is have sex with her. Mm-hmm. That's when you go too far. <laughs> wait a second, yeah, wait no, a second, wait a second. Are you married to that girl? No. That's nope, when you go too far. Too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my okay, rule. So. That's my rule. If it directly leads to an erect penis, other than slow dancing to boys to men's, uh, I'll make love to you. That's totally cool. That's totally okay. cool. But here's the thing, though, and this is a really good point: is when you're in your late teens, early twenties, you can get a like, you can get an erection <laughs> say just, it, say it. thank you, just by holding a girl's hand. I, mean, I was gonna go. Like, you like, can get an erection just by holding. No, you're. Not, okay, you're gonna like. 
I mean, this is where we're getting really vulnerable. No, let, like, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'll tell you a story that perfectly illustrates this. I'm in eighth grade, uh, or I'm in seventh grade. Now, you got to understand, I've always been the fat, awkward kid whose award-winning personality has ne- has always been a net benefit. So that means that <laughs> that women women who were the pretty girls in school, they always ended up loving me because I was a combination of sensitive, sweet, and utterly hysterical. So they loved me. They loved me. So I always, quote-unquote, dated in middle school the pretty girls. So we're at one of our Catholic school middle school dances where all the middle schools get together in one place. We had to cancel them because a kid brought a gun. But uh, before they canceled <laughs> Hashtag it, Texas. <laughs> no, it's Oklahoma, but whatevs. <laughs> Same diff, yo, Native America. What, what? And so I'm there at this dance, and I'm dancing with a girl named Tara, who I think Tara is insanely beautiful from my seventh grade mind to this eighth grade girl. I'm dancing with her. This kid, Nick, runs up. Now, Nick was hysterical. Nick was also crazy, a crazy Irishman. He runs up to me, and I have the most awkward uh, problem of a pubescent boy, which is, oh, my God, I'm with a girl. My hands are sweating. My forehead's sweating. And I have an erection that I have strategically (laughs) managed to hide from her because I'm wearing, like, suit pants and the, the old police. tuckaroo. I, can't, I don't know how much I want to put in this. The, the swipe and tuck. <laughs> We're all good at it. We all know how to do it. We just kind of, we all figured it out. <laughs> I don't even know if we were all good at it, but we pretended like we were. And the women did us a favor by never okay. bringing it up. We all but... thought we were good at the old swipe and tuckaroo. Yeah, so he <laughs> runs. We called this episode the old swipe and tuckaroo. <laughs> oh, shit. So he runs up to us. And this is this is literally... My most embarrassing moment in middle school. And and I was pantsed in middle school, and this trumps it. <laughs> okay, my best friend, Chris Miller, pantsed me in front of my whole class. And in order to compensate for it, I did a sexy dance as I pulled my pants back on. <laughs> it, 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 Catholic school was a rough place. So, was that the invention of the Spanish butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. That dance came later. That dance came later. That was in high school, my friend. Spanish butterfly would have been illegal in a Catholic middle school. But, uh, no, so the kid runs up to us, grabs both of us in the small of our backs, is standing on the side of us, and then smashes our groins together. Like, oh, he just goes, bam, 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 bam. And he thinks it's the funniest thing. He goes, don't have sex. And he slams (laughs) us together like this. And here's the awkward thing. I have been desperately hiding my my awful this is the women i understand you have problems you have issues with the feminine stuff but men when we were that young we couldn't control ourselves we're like girl oh my god and <laughs> oh god it's time to change classes what do i do <laughs> yeah, and so i'm at a catholic school where my graduating class was 15 kids so if anything happens in this school, everyone knows about it. The kindergartners are looking at me like, seriously, bro? Uh, and this kid <laughs> shoves us together. And it was awkward. It was so awkward. And she just, like, looks at me horrified. And then she breaks up with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it all ended. It all ended when she realized that Michael Gormley was advancing to a, a, a different state than, than she was. When I was in uh, eighth grade... So there, we had a teacher named a Mr. Tant who was on the very first day of school. He's like, oh, I got cut by the San Francisco 
49ers on on opening day of my first year in the NFL, like scary as hell. And I had a to read, which everyone I had to read out loud. This is like halfway dur- during uh, into the school year, which uh, anyone who has a speech impediment all knows is literally the worst thing ever. <laughs> and so I was so terrified that I mispronounced the word organism twice. twice within like two within like 30 seconds after class everyone in the hallway was just cracking up and i was like it's already starting to spread oh and i was fat and had a big hair so i didn't date a lot but uh i know right no i got i didn't start to become cool with all the girls till i was about 16 but i I see i I had such bad self-confidence that i was like a really good-looking kid Early on in high school, because I played sports and was like jacked, was so like that I was just like too too uh, scared. It, it wasn't until I kind of chubbed up a bit afterwards that I started the date, and it was all smooth after that. Not not really, but um, <laughs> I think this is an important thing to talk about because, especially for all of our college listeners, I think you you cannot run away from if that. If that causes you to not date, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. Like, be awkward. Okay? And I'm, there are a lot of people who are listening to our podcast that are like, yeah, Luke, but, like, you did this, this, and this, and all this bad stuff in high school and in college. And I agree. I'm not saying that, that, I'm, that I am proud of that stuff. But I do think that being willing to try to date – and to not hide from those from those issues, um, if if I tried to hide, I would not have had the amazing relationships that I did. Yeah. So I don't think that hiding is the, you, you you have to confront those those things. And I actually think it is a good thing that's to have that struggle. Now I don't think you should just like you know be like well. That that means I can you know get all like frisky tonight, but not cross any line, which is which is how I was till I was about twenty five or so. Uh, you've 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 got to, to be willing to try, and that does mean I think that you're going to screw up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I, like, I don't think that you. I mean, I don't. And again, I'm not trying to say that you should be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up if you know what I mean. Uh, like that really pisses me off when like people are like, oh, it's a struggle. I'm like, yeah, freaking try at least. Yeah. So when you say it's a struggle, it means you're actually struggling, not that you've just uh, given up and using that word as an excuse. Exactly. Exactly. Like if if you cannot date, if it is actually impossible for you, for you to date without crossing some sort of line, you owe it to your to both your own to your own um, your own soul and that of the person that you might be dating to not date. So here's an interesting thing when we talk about morality. There are moral laws that you can't break. Like for instance, uh sex is only reserved for marriage between a committed couple that loves each other. Now, when you think about it from that perspective, uh, there, there's the law, right, that if you step outside this, you break it, right? So, but the, the other thing to look at it is from the perspective of virtue. So law tells us what we are not allowed to do, but virtue walks in the middle of what we are allowed to do. So, and it applies differently to each person. So you... Um, 
I, and this is very important because I think everyone wants a hard and fast rule about every single thing. Like we have this tendency to either A, hate rules, or B, want rules for every aspect. And the church gives us, you know, we have the natural law, which gives us, you know, moral law. But I always tell people the natural law is kind of like um, the edges of a path, but the actual walking of the path is virtue that if you were to break the law you step off the path but it's not the same thing as walking the path and virtue because virtue will never contradict the natural law right it's always in union with the natural law so but there's a huge gap between like what are you allowed to do what am i not allowed to do versus how can i live in this relationship and this is the thing that i think a lot of people miss most people are such horn dogs because of our culture that all we ever do is think about like, all right, what can I do to possibly go right up to that line? But for me in my marriage, and I can't speak about everyone else, but for me in my marriage, because we don't use contraception, because we practice NFP, we, especially recently, uh, are forced to show love and affection physically, but in non-sexual ways. And mm-hmm. that means in ways that also, I don't just mean not having sex with each other, but that means, like you were talking about earlier, like oral sex or whatever, but also not doing those things that leads you to just burn for sex, right? That, that leads you to arousal. So that means that you have to, men, hear this, you have to be sweet. You have to be attentive. You have to be affectionate. You have to be what your spouse needs you to be more than what you can get from your spouse. And mm-hmm. to be, I mean, there are Catholics who hate NFP because they think it's basically like a Catholic version of birth control. But I do not even come close to understanding that because for me, NFP helps me grow in virtue because it's not like, well, I'm going to have sex with you anytime, honey, and God will bless us with kids. But it's like, no, this is a season of abstinence where we have to grow in love with each other. And it is, and I'm I'm not going to lie to you, like, you listen to talks about NFP and they paint you this rosy picture. NFP is damned difficult. Uh-huh. It is so difficult and it pisses and me off. And that's just the classes. <laughs> With the picture dictionary of vaginal and mucus. The, I don't know like, what there's do. graphing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> when when my wife gets so pissed off at me because I call it vaginal mucus instead of cervical mucus, she's like, call it cervix. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a vagina and I'm scared of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and so but the whole deal is right like how do i show my love for you how do i show affection without it leading to sex and i think i might have said this before but one day i'm doing this theology of the body talk in you know like the whole theology of the body in 60 minutes and i'm doing it for parents and this is why i was a youth minister and immediately when i'm talking about god and love and how we image god in our bodies and like people like it was probably one of the best you know like summaries of theology by that i've ever given even even now and uh and it, this was like 8 years ago and people are like on the verge of like they're they're like shocked like they have these faces like oh my god i never knew this and then i end it with this whole thing about contraception this woman's hand goes straight up and she starts like yelling all these questions at me not asking me but yelling them at me all the homeschool moms are praying the rosary. And so afterwards, she comes up, and I said, let's talk a little bit longer. And so we talk a little bit about this stuff. And I said, you know, I said, you know, NFP teaches you to, that, to refrain from sexual intercourse when you're fertile and to show affection. And this, this literally shattered her world. She goes, I said, to sh- to sh-, excuse me, I burped my delicious beer. To show affection in non-sexual ways. And she stopped, and she took a little step back. And then she leaned in, and she goes, in 21 years of marriage, she had an 18-year-old boy. I think it was the oldest uh, senior in high school. She said, in 21 years of marriage, my husband has never once touched me that I can remember that it wasn't to lead to sex. 
And I looked at her and I said, and isn't that a poverty? Isn't that a poverty? And she said, it absolutely is. And that's why I love NFP. And that's also why I hate NFP because it makes me restrained and all this stuff. So the whole deal about getting back to like walking the virtue is for me, I might be, because of my past with pornography and, you know, and that ties into the, the problem at that middle school dance is when you're schooling yourself through pornography, holding hands with a girl can become an arousing thing, right? Or being alone with a girl while watching a Chris Farley movie in her basement and playing Twister. Like, those could be potential pitfalls that don't necessarily, quote-unquote, break the rule. Like, how far is too far? Yeah. Oh, no genital to genital contact. Okay, well, but I'm a – she's totally cool because she's a mature woman. But I'm a mess because when I was, you know, eight years old, my uncle gave me porn and told me this is what men look like or look at. Uh, not what men look like, because the uncle didn't look like that. No, but <laughs> what? But uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like the, it, that's the difference between you know someone who who has an element of self control in one area. They can they can express their love and affection even physically in ways that someone who has less freedom and less you know ability in, in that same area can show it without it going too far, quote unquote. I. Uh... I agree. I just want to add a couple caveats to that. One, I don't know if it's, that's always because of porn. Oh, no. I, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and, 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 and I do want to hit that because I think just from – like I struggled with porn in high school. But in the sense of like, yeah, like every – pretty much any boy who had access to the internet looked at pornography if, during the late 90s. Did you trade GIFs on AOL? <laughs> ASL. Um, uh, what was hard for me was the acceptance that I felt. I mean, one, just because like, like part of it is just you're horny because you're 20 years old. Like that's okay. That's just a part of life. Part of it is the emotional baggage that comes along with that from past actions, which which can include – Oh, pornography, which can have like a tremendous – it can really hurt you down the road and all this other stuff. And part of it too, like when I – so I had sex outside of marriage. And when it happened, I remember going to adoration af, after the fact. And I thought I was going to feel a lot of comfort. I knew there was going to be guilt. But I thought it was going to be like – in in the past, when I screwed up, where I would feel guilty after of the fact, but I was but I was almost comforted by my guilt in a weird way because it helped me know, oh, like I'm still here. This is this this is wrong, but I know what's true, good, and beautiful. And af and after that, I remember being in adoration. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. And I remember going to see our, our uh, one of one of our buddies, and I told him what happened, and he really did a comfort me because I was trying for so for just so so long, and I just didn't feel anything. I did I did not feel anything, which for Luke uh, was almost my last name there. Which uh, for Luke, if you know me, I'm kind of a feeler. I feel things pretty deeply. What? Yeah. What? Um, if I'm feeling pretty numb, you know that that's bad. 
Like that's when I'm at my absolute worst is when I don't feel bad or good. It's when I just don't feel anything. And that's what I felt af- after that. And I, ha- and I had to really come to the a realization that I did that because I made a lot of mistakes in, th- in the past and, and I didn't address the real issue that when I would hang out with a girl and if I got aroused, part of it was, yeah, I just thought she was hot. That could be like part of just being, again, in my late teens, early 20s. The other part of it, especially if there were like, you know, if we would hook up or like other things like that, there was I was doing that stuff or I was trying to not. But when I would screw up with that and and, and this is where I think the the struggle comes in to play is when I would screw up for the most part. It was because I wanted, I wanted, I, um, I wanted something out of that. I wanted to feel accepted. I wanted to feel like, hey, you're not a loser. Uh, people do like you. Like that's to me, that's what that was. That's why I got so crushed every time that I got dumped. Not when I broke up with the girl, but when I got dumped, was because I was I could not handle rejection at all. And I think it's important to uh, to really understand why are we making the choices that we make, and because that will help us. Because because then if because then if if we don't, we don't know where we are going. Sometimes it is just the pornography that we were exposed to at a young age, and we have an addiction. Sometimes thrown to our own personal emotional needs. Guys, you're full of shit if you're telling me you don't have that. You're full of it. Guys have that, some to varying uh, varying uh, degrees, but like you have emotional needs, and we and part of our sexual behavior is caused by those needs, or those or that sin. And I just think it's a little bit ridiculous that we act like it's not there because I did for the longest time, and and, and until I had to go, okay, why do I keep? Why do what is why do I feel this way? And I and I and I and it wasn't until I read that book, no more. Uh, um, gosh, what was it called? No more, a uh, Mr. Nice Guy. That I realized that oh, I'm doing this because I want acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and you know like and when you address those those issues, uh, I think it's easier to not cross those lines. It's going to happen still. You're still. I mean, if, if if anything, it could get worse because you're going to have more a temptation, you know, especially in the a beginning. But it's 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 not always self-control. It's why do I lack self-control? Why do I want to lack self-control? Where is that desire? And, you know, again, at times it's just because we're wired that 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 way. We want to have sex. That is a good thing. Uh other times he goes a little bit deeper than that. I think it's important to be aware of that and speech. Oh man. Good chat. Hey, why don't we, we got about 20 minutes here. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about what you're doing in your life? Sure. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because well, number one, you gave me permission to, but um, this came out of nowhere today via know, right? a whole series of text messages. So I want to talk about it. Like you set up what you want, and then I want to talk about some of our, our conversation. Okay. 
Uh, so if you guys recall, anywho, guys. So li- no, I'm just <laughs> a true catching foxes moment there. If you ask me, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, you asshole. Um, you mean I improved it immediately? You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a reason why it's called the Gomer bump, and it's not just on Shannon when she's when she's pregnant. Hi oh, you can take that out. I'm sorry, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> thank God Shannon does not ever listen. Um, okay, so uh, if you recall, like 20 episodes ago, which is nuts. Thank you all for listening. I talked about the great uh, Catholic stuff you should know podcast, and they did an episode on the Anima Technia. Vac, vacua, which is, uh, I'm probably... The Anima Technica Vacua. Vacua. Young people. My dear young people. Anima Technica Vacua. I was like, ah, what's wrong? Oh, he's old. Which basically goes, like, it's... Um, go and look it up re- really quick. It... it it's like the soulless void of a technology when we kind of just get all sucked into it. It's when thought and action um, lack any type of purpose. And I realized through all my and, – and after that, I had a conversation with Erin last, um, last weekend where she was almost in tears because she, was just, she pretty much told me that I'm on my phone all the time. And I'm here – but I'm not, I'm, I'm not completely present. And I was noticing that, and like, this has been on my mind for a really long, long time. I'm just, I'm starting to see it everywhere in my life. that I'm always engaged with my phone or my computer always. And I had a good chat with our buddy, Arlene Spensley. And she, cause she was uh, talking about going on a week long information break where you just take a week and you don't consume any type of information at all. That's a book that's going on the Facebook. That's listening to a podcast. It's all that, which please don't do with ours. Um, I'm just kidding. And so I was like, ah, that sounds like such freedom. I mean, it sounded like, and I was like, I, and I started to think about it and I was just like, I need a break. So I'm going to take a 90 day break from all technology that I do not absolutely have uh, to use. So I'm going to trade in my phone. I'm going to get an old uh, dumb phone. I'm going to, I just bought a calendar on Amazon. Got it uh, today. Got a pocket calendar. Um, I'm going to buy an iPod for when I'm in the, for when I'm in the car. Cause I do have to drive a lot with my job and I have to listen to something or I will go crazy. But uh, I'm not going to have Spotify. I'm not going to use a GPS at all because I don't know how to get around where I am. And I think it's time that I think I need to kind of learn where I am and and how to get places. Am am I sharing uh, too much? No. Okay. Okay. Because another stuff that so I I just feel numb. I feel like an alcoholic. Alcoholics aren't always drunk. A, a lot of them are just uh, numb a lot. They just get up. And they, you know, uh, crack open a beer and they're just kind of uh, coasting all day. And I realized that's what I do with te- with tech, with uh, with um, a technology. I'm, I probably touch my phone, I would imagine, hundreds of times a day. Hundreds. And so I'm just like, this has got to stop. 
And so, one, you know, um, so I want to, I want to butt in, I want to butt in yeah, real quick. Go, go. Okay. So your wife expresses to you that she feels like you're not, a, you're not there with her, even though you're sitting next to her on the couch because, or you're whatever, because you have your phone with you and you're constantly on your phone. Yep. So what I began, he, so he says this to me today. So he's like, so I'm looking for a cheap phone and I'm probably going to ditch my iPhone. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is what I think you should do. Delete all social media. Delete all those apps off your phone. And the great thing about that is that'll cut out probably 90% of even if you have most notifications turned off. I mean, if you don't have Facebook, you don't have Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. If those are gone, you're not getting notifications. And other than going to the website, which is annoying rather than using the app, um, you won't go to it. And then you said, well, I, I will just go on the Internet all the time and just read and do all, you know, whatever. Because I've tried that. I honestly have uh, downloaded apps to re- to restrict the other apps that 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 I can use, and it will last for about a week, then I'll just start to find ways to bypass it. So why don't you just delete the apps, though, and the only way you would have it is when you're at your desktop at work or at home. Because I can just re- it, re- in- reinstall them. Oh. I've installed Instagram and and I probably a delete Instagram and Snapchat. I do at least one a day that I'll download it. And it it's I mean it honestly is an addiction. I've realized. Yeah, I so, think I know what caused it, but go for it. What? I think it was when I was in Idaho. Uh, I spent the last oh, yeah. year there pretty much when I came home. That was it. I didn't date. I did not go out for a lot of reasons, which I. Don't regret those choices. I wish I just found other ways to connect with people. But through a lot of crazy things happening that were somewhat out of my control, I had to go, okay. I basically, I couldn't be the – so I had a rule when I first got to Idaho that I was just going to go out and get uncomfortable. That was how I was going to meet people. And it was awesome. I made a ton of friends that that way. And then half of them um, had uh, to move – or started to date uh, people who lived outside of the area, just got kind of like busy. And the other part was I realized I couldn't be the principal of a school out at the bar all the time, even though that was really, that's the only way that I knew how to go and meet people. Honestly, like if you can tell me a better way, I would love to hear it. I just at the age of, you know, 29, that's how I met people. Um, so I just kind of stayed home a lot, and I just was engulfed into my phone and onto a social media. That's when I got heavily involved on on Reddit and all these other things. That was my connection to the outside world. That's your cue. So I have friends whose the husband is an avid technology enthusiast like me and whose wife is a, a, a Luddite who despises all technology. And she got an iPhone only because he bought one for her and all that stuff. She would have been happy with a flip phone that was from 1985. So <clears throat> me and her have gotten into arguments where it's like one step away from me like yelling at her, telling her to wake up and get <laughs> into the century. But the thing of it is, I agreed. The thing that was so frustrating was I agreed with so much of what she said. And, you know, she, uh, and, and some things I think is crazy. She would say things like, if you have a media room in your house, that's immoral. 
And you I would know, yeah, never that's... I would never go that far. Yeah. But one of the other things that we actually got in an argument about, and I've like come around to seeing her point, is um uh she bought a like a a nice looking like charging station for phones and stuff. She bought a really nice looking like I I haven't seen it, so this is what I'm guessing, like a wood one or something. And she makes her husband put the phone down there at night, so no one's looking or you know if you want to read in bed, turn on the light and read. But what ends up happening is when you're sitting in your room with your bed, you're not just reading a book on your Kindle, which I do often, and I I know it's time to go to bed when I drop my phone on my face. And I put the phone up. But, um, you know, you end up like, oh, I got a message. Oh, Facebook notified me. You know, it's a, it's a source of distraction, which is actually, I just found my Kindle, my old, old Kindle, um, from when I moved two years ago. My wife found it. And I've gone back to it because there's no notifications to distract mm-hmm. me from reading. Otherwise, I would read on my phone the whole time. Um, I've read probably 10,000 pages on my phone. So looking at all, at, at all this, like I saw, especially with my own life and other people saying similar things to you, great insight into what she was saying, that we've let technology override everything. And you see this when you go to the restaurant and people are sitting down and they just give their kids iPads so that the adults can have a conversation. Now, I'm not faulting the adults for doing that, but there comes a point where you have to say, like, I can't use the iPad as a babysitter. It would have been better to let you stay at home with a babysitter so you could run and play rather than just staring at the screen the whole time and playing, you know, stupid games. But on the other hand, uh, you know, I, as a parent of four kids of whom the oldest is six years old, I know that adults, parents need a break. But Oh, yeah. But the problem is our reliance on – the problem is our reliance on technology to give us that break. And what ends up happening, ever since I read Deep Work and Liquid Modernity and all of this stuff from Zygmunt Bauman, um, what, I ended, <laughs> what I end up understanding is um, we are allowing non-important, urgent things, which is a standard Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, non-important, non-important but urgent things distract us from the important but non-urgent things like spending time with my wife, right? Things like that, like just sitting on the couch with my wife. So I'm the king of when we're watching a movie together and I look over at her and she's on her phone, and I always say this to her. I'm like, Shannon, be present to me. Be present to me. (laughs) Who would you rather be with right now than with me? You know, and it's a joke, kind of. I'm just really passive aggressive. But uh, (laughs) damn it, Shannon. But, um, you know, that's like one of the big points is, like, if you can't exercise, and I think this kind of comes back to the uh, erection comment, if you can't exercise control. <laughs> Doesn't it always? It always does uh, for men. If you can't exercise control over things like checking Reddit or checking Facebook or checking Twitter or Snapchat or whatever, you need to then, you need to go one step further than someone. So, like, my thing is, like, when I come home, like, when we eat dinner, we put our phones, we charge them, me and my wife. We have one place where we plug in our phones, charge them, and we silence them so that we can sit down and eat. When I go into church, I put it in airplane mode. Why not silent mode? Because if I feel the vibrate in my pocket, all my attention goes to my pocket. And I just want to know what it says if I don't leave it in my car or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I put, my phone, I put my phone in airplane mode, and I know that I won't get anything bothering me. We have to take certain steps because people – and this is the – I've given talks to parents. I'm like – 
do you think your kids exercise moderation? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so if you're being Luddites and not adopting new technology or not even learning about it, who is teaching your children how to moderate this stuff in their lives? And they're like, oh, damn, right? So the whole notion is, so you need, you probably do need to go nuclear. You know, you need to go the the Mm -hmm. full nuclear approach, but I don't. So what I need to do in my freedom is say, okay, I need to be, now Luke's saying this, I need to be extra careful so what I'm going to do is listen to the advice of my friend's wife and realize, yeah, maybe I should be leaving my phone more times away from my phone so I don't end up being so dependent. And Yeah, there's just like a uh, couple things that I, that I would like to yeah. add to that if uh, you don't mind. Um, I would just say of... just add it and you don't need to segue. <laughs> <laughs> For me, okay, so I so, – so I, agree about the important and urgent stuff, but I hit a point where it was not important and not urgent. And on Snapchat, about 20% of everyone that I am friends with, they're an, they're an ex uh, girlfriend. Now I spend my entire twenties pretty much always either a having a girlfriend or be kind of talking to slash getting to know a a girl. So I've just dated more than your average. Than probably like probably out of all of our buddies, I have probably I have probably dated more girls in our twenties that I that that I would still kind of interact with because they're part of our circle of friends or whatever or our community, and it and, and it really hit me. I'm like, I'm spending time on my phone and and like, we're all like, we're, we're all friends. They are all great. A a lot of them have families and stuff and that's awesome. But instead of interacting with, with my wife, I'm just really quickly looking at these, 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 these snaps of a girl that I used to date back in uh, 2005, which are not inherently bad, but I'm like, should I be doing this? Is this the best use of my of uh, of my time and i also think so i i just kind of like i'm looked down at um at my hand and i have this like little round um glass thing in my hand and i'm like you know i i do always kind of um i do always like to have a thing in my hand i think part of that is just why the phone is so um attractive to me is i just like like being active having a thing in my in my hands, right? So it's so it's it's just kind of like more of the main issue is I'm as I've gotten older, as I've hopefully increased in holiness, maybe even just a little bit, or have been trying harder for a longer period of time. When we get when we get to know God, God's also going to reveal Himself to us, and He's going to reveal our ourselves to ourselves. And I've learned that, oh, man, I just love this technology stuff. And I and it can kind of it's it's got a big grip on my life where I'm just kind of always slightly engaged. And I I've got to stop. So, no, like I don't think that like um, I think you and I do a lot of the same. We, we we're both like we, we, we both like technology a lot. I've just kind of let these these other things control a little bit too much of um of my life. So hopefully I'll, so I just, uh, put in a bid for an old iPod and an old Kindle on eBay. Cause I like, honestly, it comes down to my iPhone. I just want to be able to 
get rid of my iPhone and still be able to listen to podcasts and still be able to read books, but not have to be constantly engaged with it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you got, if, if people out there, like this is resonating with you, I think the first things you need to do is, number one, what do you do first thing in the morning? And what do you do the last thing at night? If it's check your social media and whatever that is, even text messages, more than anything else, like if you're still in bed and the first thing you do is not check your time, you know, on your phone because we don't have clocks anywhere. But that's what we do is we go to our phone and it's like, all right, what's happening in the world today? I think that's bad. I think that's bad because it already sets other people's expectations for our day rather than letting us set them ourselves, whether it's in <laughs> prayer or just getting up and doing yoga. Just kidding. But, uh, you know, whatever it is. Downward dog. Downward dog. That's my nickname at high school. Uh, <laughs> it was such a horrible high school. <laughs> it was homeschool, too. It was weird. Um, Downward dog, Michael. Downward dog, you little dweeb. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I'm trying. You're so fat that's and ugly. Mom. That's a Philly rules. <laughs> Out of my way. Maybe if you wouldn't feed me so many cheesesteaks. Um, you was... eat a tasty cake, fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with peanut butter are amazing. But uh, the uh, uh, oh, you ruined it. I don't even know what I was talking about. No, okay, no, okay. No, so I the first thing the point you do, of, like being involved with a technology. No, because I, I think a really great role to have is to not have your phone on you a um, half hour in the morning or a half hour before you go to bed. The funniest thing is you read technology bloggers and stuff like that who'd be like, I get like Thurston um, Baratunde, the guy who he's a hilarious comedian and technology guy. He wrote his blog post about going um, uh, technology free for thirty days. And he said it was one of the best things he's ever done. But, you know, I got to get back into it. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, well, you're going uh, right into the mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Uh, so I believe we have actually talked about him on our podcast in, uh, in uh, the past. One, um, one of my buddies, Dave, uh, Dave Craig, who went to uh, um, Franciscan, very involved in the uh, tech world. He takes a monk day er, like every week where he just where he will cut himself off completely from all forms of a technology, like 100 percent. No TV, no a computer, no phone. And this is. I lost you. I lost Luke. Oh, no. Unbreak my heart. Say you love me again. Uncry these tears in my eyes when I start to surprise myself with some box of chocolates. That was weird. Um, We should end it soon. Yeah, no, it's fine. Anyways, did you hear me talk about Dave Craig? You said he has a monk day where he... So he has a monk day where every day during the week he will have a day where he is not going to use any type of uh, any type of modern uh, technology. So that means a uh, iPhone, TV, computer, anything, anything and, not made of wood. Yeah, pretty much. And this is a guy who makes his whole living based on stuff he does online, and he says it's. Amazing. So I think it's, I mean, we're, we are in this age where we don't really know what's the proper way to use this stuff. And I think we're starting to understand a little bit. I think, and, and in the meantime, there's going to be a whole bunch of bodies lying on the side of the road, clutching onto their iPhones and searching for a place to plug in 
because we don't know how to be quiet with a book or we don't know how to do anything anymore without our phones. Yeah. Oh, Luke, I love you so much. Good luck love with you, your buddy. fast. So you're going till October, 90 days of no iPhone. October 6th. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's going to be, I, I still have my phone right now just because I have to have it, but I'm going, going to be, I'm going to be getting rid of it pretty soon here. So I just decided this, but I'm, I'm already starting. So, I mean, yeah. so I would tell people that the first thing that they should do, if they feel like they're being pulled to this way, is check when you are, what you're doing. And if you're constantly grabbing your phone, like you said, you know, hundreds of times, if you're constantly doing it, then you need to first start by not doing things. And Luke had done not doing things and you realize that that wasn't enough because you'd reinstall everything and then the second thing is you need to cut out your notifications as many of them as possible Mm -hmm. they need to earn the right to notify you whenever it is the biggest time suck to hear bing 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 or whatever that is that ruins your concentration that ruins everything so delete all notifications that you can even if every time you launch an app like facebook messenger does or whatsapp does hey you need to install our notifications thing every single time i launch it it tells me that but I don't get – the only thing I care about is a little red badge over the thing. Then I know that I have something, right? I don't need it screaming at me, um, you know, if 500 apps doing it. You always – the default is, no, you may not notify me. And then the other thing is, lastly, is just delete the app from your phone. Delete the app from your phone. You still have an account on the various websites that probably you can get access to. Snapchat's different because I don't think they have a website stuff. But – um or as as integrated. No, it's I've, not. It's not. You yeah. can you can you can, you can uh, delete it and then just come right back to it. You're fine. Yeah. So the whole notion is get it out of your life so that you can see like, oh, it turns out all those things did was fill me with anxiety. Yeah. Like I had a friend who had literally literally ten thousand plus unread message email messages, and he had uh, about I think it was like three hundred unlistened to podcasts that were downloaded. And waiting for his attention. And I said, dude, you need to declare bankruptcy. And he said, what are you talking about? And I was like, declare email bankruptcy. You're never going to get to those. And most of those are like newsletters. He goes, no, maybe I will. And I said, no, why, why have that? Ex- well, there's good stuff in there. And I, I understand, but you're not missing out. And he's like, what do you mean I'm not missing out? There could be something. And I go, there could be, but you haven't read it yet. Chances are you're not going to read 10,000 things. So just delete it. And he couldn't. He couldn't. And to me, I would say that's when you have like a completionist problem, perfection problem. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where it gets to a point where you're like, okay, wow, these measurements are telling me like I, I got an issue. I need to do something kind of more, more radical than just deleting an app. I might need to jettison the phone itself. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and again, I don't anyone uh, um, to think that I'm saying that it's all back. So I don't, I, I think that it's great. This is just the thing that I've got to do for a short, um, a uh, predetermined amount of time. So here, uh, here are my rules that that like I'm gonna be doing really, uh, really quick. Here is that I'm not gonna have my phone in. Um, I'm not gonna have my phone on me in my car. It'll always be in a bag or in the back seat or in a, or in some place where I will not be able to access it. Uh, two, I um, am not on. I won't be on any of the social media sites. And what was the third part? Um, oh, that uh, um, I forgot. But anyways, it's just I'm not going to have access to my phone. There you go. So, you go. yeah, there we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has fun. been episode number 50 of Catching Foxes. Thank you for listening. I want to do something very special for this episode, which is going to be released on Friday 
uh, July 8th. Um, if you are hearing this on Friday, July 8th or afterwards, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go on to iTunes and write a review. If you have the Apple um, podcast app, you can write a review within the app. Or you just launch iTunes, search for Catching Foxes, and then you can write or uh, submit a review there. Now, here's the deal. If you give us five-star reviews, which is all that matters, this enables our podcast to spread so that other people can hear this. Do you think other people need to hear about pre, uh, pubescent boys and their trials while doing slow dances? I think Hell the yeah. world needs to hear this. So what you can do is um, by writing a review of this show and giving it a five stars if you think it deserves it. And if you don't think it deserves it, why are you listening? Get out. But do this. Write a review and tell people why you like it. And then this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through and I'm going to write down every single review and your name that has come out since uh, starting today. So if you've already written a review, thank you, but you're not entered into the drawing. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you uh, a wonderful book. I'm going to get a book that I think is uh, uh, a beautiful book that everyone should own. Luke, do you know what that book is? Chastity is for lovers. I'm going to buy a copy, and you're wrong, even though that's a great oh, sorry. book. Oh, sorry. After you. <laughs> I'm going to get you a copy. Curly Jefferson. I'm going to get you a, a copy of the most important book written by a modern philosopher, After Virtue, and I am going to send it to the winner. Now, After Virtue is difficult philosophical reading, so that might not appeal to you, but that's because you're stupid, not because I'm inappropriate with my gift giving. Right, Luke? Hey, I will split the cost. Oh, with you on that. No, no, no. This is all coming out of layevangelist.com money. Never mind. See you, suckers. Yeah, just kidding. There is no money. I'll take 60%. Anywho, uh, <laughs> so the whole thing is we're going to say it's going to be a random draw. I'm going to take all the names of people, put them in uh, like a hat, like a Make America Great Again hat, and I'm going to shake them up. I'm going to pull out your name, and then on the next podcast, we're going to announce who the winner is, and then you need to get in touch with us through direct message on Twitter, through our C-Foxes po- at C-Foxes podcast, C-Foxes podcast on Twitter? Yes, right? at C-Foxes podcast. You'll Direct message us, so you need to follow us on that. Direct message us, and we will send it out to you. Um, so this is or this on is, Facebook. You can um, send us a a, a message yeah. on Facebook as well. Yeah, at Catching Foxes Podcast on uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you do that. So it's a simple drawing. It's a very important book uh, in my life that I'm going to send to you. Uh, if you're not very philosophical, maybe maybe I'll switch it to a different book. But this is the most important philosophical book. And the reason why I want to send this book is it was what I wrote my senior thesis on. So, And I'm staring at it, and I have an autographed version. I own multiple copies of it. It's so nice. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to send that to you. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. So we want to get Matt Frad, who is so handsome and has such a beautiful Australian voice. But his mm-hmm. brand new podcast. Yeah, what the hell? Because, 90 reviews? But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I went and listened to all of his episodes because I love his show, Pints with Aquinas, that he did this pitch. And he's like, I'm going to select a random and I'm going to send him. Uh, uh, it was uh, Summa of the Summa of St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, I already gave away my extra copy of Summa of the Summa to listener Tim, who is a fan of our show. I get, he met me at church and I gave him hey. uh, a copy. But I want to send to you guys. A copy of After Virtue, one of the most brilliant moral books, uh, books on moral philosophy ever written, ever. It'll blow your mind. You probably won't understand any of it because I don't, and I love philosophy. But I'm going to send it to you. So, random, go write a review on iTunes about this podcast. Luke, you want to close this out? Yeah, guys. Hey, thank you. Um, This was a crazy idea that we came up with to have this podcast now about a year and a half ago. And we're at episode 50. We have 3,000 listeners. We have sponsors. 
we're, we're, we have some great, uh, some pretty awesome um, big time individuals who are going to be on the podcast here relatively soon. Thank you guys. This has been awesome. Give us a review and a ratings on iTunes. Cause I always ask you guys that uh, when, a, when a book, um, yeah, this is fun. All right. At the Luke V where, where can I find you Gomer? Uh, you can find me uh, watching Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition on my couch. Yeah, it is horrible. It, it is, is even God, that makes me so sad. I know he's like, I'm gonna release this new version that everyone will understand that the studio went and I watch it. And I'm like, I don't even know what the new version parts are. It's and just... the weird thing is, just the image. I think that might be the best looking Batman that he's we've so had. So I like, I like him. I do. I, I do. do too. I like everything he's done ever since he broke up with uh, Jenny from the Block. Jennifer Gartner, how dare you? No, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, okay, I go. I'm still Jenny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so right. I forgot they dated. G- Thank you, guys. Geely? Geely? Was that the movie? Uh, no, it was Benifer. No, he dated. They, they made a movie together called like Geely oh, or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anywho, catching foxes at a at AMD <laughs> Gomer. Oh, God bless oh, your face. We're, we're on Facebook. No, I just said all that. Like, nah, I know. I'm sorry. Thank you, guys. Free You're book. Awesome. Free nerd book. Nerd Super out. Fun. Luke, do you think I should have given a bit different book? No, I think it's fine. Okay, sorry. good. Wait, were, were you just hoping that I was going to say any old book? No, I was hoping you would have said After Virtue right from the beginning because that's what I was staring at. But, now I'm, first. but now I'm sitting here thinking... Maybe that's not a good book to give away because no one will like it. Okay, here's the deal. We'll buy you a fucking book. How's that, people? Just give us a review.